Welcome to the Biohacking Superhuman Performance Podcast. My name is Natalie Nidham. I'm a nutritionist, a human potential, and epigenetic coach, and I created this podcast to bring you the latest ways to take control of your health and longevity. We cover it all, from new technology to ancestral health practices, personalized interventions, and a very special interest of mine, peptides. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to the episode, people. Today's episode is about kava. Have you ever heard of kava? Kava is an amazing herb that comes to us from the South Pacific Islands. And my guest today, Cameron George, who is the co-founder of a company called True Kava, is a true expert on this herb. He came to it himself in search of solutions for his debilitating anxiety and health issues. And when he realized how powerful this was, and when he was able to solve some intractable issues of his own, he made it his life's work really to connect with some of the top experts in the world and collaborate with them on bringing this solution to as many people as possible. So True Kava now is a company that brings to us nootropics, anxiolytics, and now even drinks. They're expanding into the space of Kava as a recreational drink. Because if you, if once you listen to the podcast, you will learn that in the South Pacific Islands, instead of having bars that serve alcohol, they have bars that serve Kava. There are about 50 different varieties of kava out there and knowing what to consume when and how to prepare it is critical to its efficacy and also to a safety. So we talk about all that in this episode. Remember that nothing in this episode is intended to be anything other than information there's nothing here about uh, treating or diagnosing disease or even suggesting solutions. If you hear something here that sounds like it might be a good option for you, then please make sure to talk to your medical provider or doctor and ensure that it's not going to conflict with something else that you're doing and that it's going to hit the mark for your particular case. If you decide that you would like to try some of Cameron's products, I personally put the True Kava oil into my coffee almost every morning now. I love how it makes me feel and gives me a sense of clarity and focus. You don't have to just have debilitating disease to use this stuff. You can go to truecava.com and use discount code NAT. 1515 and you will get 15% off of your purchase. And if you can think of anybody else who would get value from this podcast, first off, first off, please make sure that you leave us a review and then share it out with your friends, your family, your networks, anybody who you think would get value from this as well. And if you're looking to connect with me, you can find me through my website, natnidham.com or on Instagram, natalienidham.com. And on Facebook, in the Optimizing Superhuman Performance Group, where we talk about topics like this one, like peptides, like longevity, anti-aging, all day long, every single day. Um, and when you join the group and or come to my website, please make sure that you sign up for my newsletter. I just launched it a couple of weeks ago, chock full of little tidbits of information anything that I come across every couple of weeks that I think would be of interest to you. And we always also do a short little recap of previous podcasts so that if you're new to the podcast, you can might be able to be able to, without scrolling through all the episodes, find other episodes that might be of interest to you. So thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate you guys. Enjoy the episode. Hey folks, just one quick announcement before we get into the podcast, and that is about the Women's Longevity and Resilience Retreat that I am co-hosting with Dasha Maximov 
in the Dominican Republic, beautiful Dominican Republic, by the beach at the end of March of 2022. This is a five-day intensive. And ladies, I can't even begin to describe this to you now without making everybody really annoyed that I'm delaying the podcast. So I'm going to direct you to our website, which is at bit.ly forward slash Nat Retreat. Bitly is B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash Nat Retreat. That's a capital N, capital R. And all the information is there. And of course, if you have any questions or you need more information, please don't hesitate to reach out to me either through my website, natnidham.com, through Facebook Messenger, in the Facebook group, or through my Instagram account. So thanks so much for being here and enjoy the episode. Welcome, Cameron, to the show. It is great to have you here today. Thanks for having me, Natalie. Yeah, this is uh, this is going to be fun. When I actually think, I don't know if you remember this, but we met, I want to say it was maybe three or four years ago at a Paleo FX conference in Austin. And you were like in the back corner of that back room across from the Peely Nut guy. <laughs> do you remember that? <laughs> yeah, actually, now that you say that, I do remember that. Yeah, I, I, I do. I mean, I, I totally remember the event, but I didn't even... Whenever we, you know, we shortly reconnected here recently at uh, at at the Upgrade Labs conference, I I didn't remember that until you just said that. <laughs> so <laughs> well, I mean, now I totally remember it. Yeah, I do. No, I yeah. remember you. You were there, and you had this weird stuff, and it made my mouth numb. And I was like, yeah. and somebody's telling me, "Oh yeah, that means it's really good." <laughs> I was yeah. like, "Okay." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> If you say so. So, um, so yeah, and you've come quite a long way since then. Um, I got to enjoy some of your other products at the Upgrade Labs conference this year, which are all amazing. So I'm looking forward to talking about those. But I think that before we start on all that, let's talk about Cameron and talk about your journey. What got a young guy kind of interested in some I mean, it's, is it a root or is a plant cava? What's the, what's the active part of the plant that you use for cava cava? So, right. Okay. So, so cava it's um, well, just to, you know, kind of set the, you know, the context in the stage here, uh, you know, for cava for people don't know exactly what it is. Cava is a plant medicine that's kind of in this wheelhouse of pseudo-psychoactive plant medicines, like in there with cannabis and like kratom and some of these others that are starting to kind of get a, you know, a resurgence in popularity, but basically it's forte. It's known as a really powerful anxiolytic mood boosting, cognitive enhancing plant elixir that it's, it, it's, it's a drink actually traditionally that's prepared from the roots, exclusively the roots of a, a shrub okay. in the pepper family called Piper methysticum. Um, and this, this shrub grows exclusively uh, in the, um, in, in the islands of the South Pacific. So like in the Polynesian islands. So yeah. it was, it was first originally traced back to its, its use was traced back around 3000 years ago in the island chain of Vanuatu. Um, and uh, it's heavily used also in Fiji, uh, mm -hmm. Tonga, Samoa, Papua New Guinea, um, and then even Hawaii, even though when they, when the Westerners came into Hawaii, they kind of pushed it out a little bit and it became all alcohol, you know, for the tourists is, is where we have it today, even though there still are a couple of kava bars there and there are some kava farms in Hawaii. So so kava is this this anxiolytic drink that's it has effects really similar to alcohol, actually, in high dosages and with certain strains, but without the drunkenness, without the addiction, virtually without all of the negative side effects. Nice. Um, and, and so it's it's actually really powerful. There are different, you know, degrees of its effects profile you know, that are dependent on strain and dosage because there's like 200 different strains of kava. 
but you know the general effects are 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 kind of like an induction of of mood relaxation mental clarity uh so it's drank in in really a lot of the same context as we drink coffee and and alcohol it really helps to facilitate good tight-knit communities anywhere where it's found and it it's been you sort of well observed to improve not only the mental health but the interconnectivity of the communities it's really the it's it's at the core of the social fabric of all these islands right so they hmm. use it at weddings funerals spiritual ceremonies social gatherings in, wow. in vanuatu and fiji they have kava bars right just like you'd have regular bars except for they've got 20 times as many kava bars in Vanuatu and Fiji as they have regular bars because they prefer the experience. They prefer the atmosphere that it creates. Huh. Um, and it's it's something that whenever you first get into, it has kind of a cumulative effect in your system as well. And you start consuming kava, people fall in love with it more and more over time. And it really just is this amazing plant medicine that has probably the best like therapeutic effect to drawback ratio of, of any plant compound that I've worked with in this space. There are plants that are stronger, like your strong psychedelics and cannabis and high doses from a psychoactive standpoint. There are plants that are weaker, like your adaptogenic herbs that you, that work very slowly over time, the ginsengs and all of those. Um, but it has that perfect sort of amazing acute therapeutic application, but also with the ability to use it tonically without it sort of imbalancing your body. Um, and knocking you off your center, depleting you, causing addiction, uh, all things that, that obviously happen with pharmaceuticals long term. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, but but that can even happen to some degree with like, you know, heavy cannabis use. You know, it's not yeah. going to ruin your life in most cases, but it can knock you off your center and have some deleterious effects in the brain. So that's 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 generally what, what kava is and, and you know, what parts of the plant are used. Right. So. OK, great. So let's get back to you. Let's talk about what got you into kava, like where are you from? How did yeah. you find it? Why, why did you get into kava? I mean, clearly it has a lot of good properties, but what, what drew you to kava in the first place? What's your it's, story? Really? It's, it's, it's really <laughs> amazing. It's an incredibly long story, but I always give a, a, you know, a truncated version of it, which, which can be, you know, sometimes linked the end of itself, <laughs> but it's been, it's been a long journey of about 15 years, uh, you know, me getting to this point with, you know, um, you now being part of trying to you know facilitate you know the context for kava in not only the western world and to help you know build out you know the regulatory framework and stuff for it because there's a lot of nuances that needed to be corrected that kind of went amok and went astray for a long period of time just like with any of the other plant medicines thing but you know anyways my story in in our you know sort of corner of the functional medicine world the doctors that I work with I work with uh, in network of, of of about you know you know a few thousand functional medicine doctors in total that we, uh, that, you know, we, we do stuff with. Um, but we call these type of processes kind of like, uh, that are, are relevant kind of to my story, like a pain to purpose journey. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, and, and that's what, what so many of us in this, uh, mm -hmm. in this world, whether it be entrepreneurs or doctors or physicians, I mean, you know, I, I hardly ever, do you ever have the, the inspiration or the desperation or the motivation, you know, to, to dive deeply in such like niche topics, unless you've really suffered yourself or witnessed like the suffering of a loved one. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's kind of like, you know, you're the saying that the pressure makes diamonds, right? You know, people that yeah. are under intense trauma and pressure, it tends to squeeze, uh, you know, things out of you that you didn't know that you had. And it, it forces you to go inwards, you know, to explore and to, and to dive, to find answers, you know, to your, you know, to your afflictions, obviously. So, you know, basically long story short, I got super sick, chronically ill 
when as as a young guy in my early in my early 20s actually i was about 19 when it started 19 20 years old um and it was it it was one of these kind of um these perfect storm disastrous almost unexplainable you know situations where you have like a young healthy guy um who's very high functioning um i was um, i was an endurance athlete uh, you know in in college at the time um, I was working multiple jobs. I was, I, I, I was high functioning by most, you know, metrics. Um, and then, you know, the bottom started to fall out. I started to get fatigued. I started to have hormone dysregulation. I started to, you know, have all kinds of, you know, mm. brain fog and sleepless nights, and anxiety and stuff. And it just continued to get worse to where, you know, it was like, it got to where it was like, I thought I was overtraining. So I backed off. Yeah. It, you know, you know, it wasn't helping. Um, I, I went into like an extreme depression and it was, it was something that was truly physiological, right? It wasn't like, cause I had been used to pushing through things, you right. know, mentally yeah, as an athlete but, for sure. That's yeah, what you're yeah. trained to do. Yeah. yeah. But, but it was, it was like, it was just getting worse and worse. And, you know, I grew up in a, in a relatively, you know, moderately uh, small town here in Northwest Arkansas and especially back, you know, 10, 15 years ago, there wasn't a lot out of the standard allopathic framework, right? So mm-hmm. you go to a doctor and, you know, they look at your symptoms and if you're not immediately dying right in front of you, or there's <laughs> nothing that shows up on a, on, a, on a CT scan or on an X-ray, then you're supposedly 100% well. You're yeah, you get, you get the, the ultimate diagnosis. You're fine. Yes. Well, <laughs> no, exactly. It's, it's, it's not uh, in that system, as most of us know, and I'm sure listeners are, are, are well, you know, um, you, you're acclimated to the understanding that, uh, that that's, that's more of, you know, the allopathic system, the old allopathic system has its amazing place in acute severe yeah. emergencies, but it's, it's more like a disease symptom management program than it is a, a healthcare system that is a, able to assess your level of health. Right. So, um, I had all of these things going on and I just didn't have any of the information at my disposal. And so ended up going the only route that they had available to me, which was the drug route, right. Went on mm-hmm. all the pharmaceuticals and, ended up in a psychiatrist's office, ended up on amphetamines and antidepressants and the whole thing. And, and I mean, if you take a person who's already chronically fatigued, it's got metabolic, you know, issues like I did, and you just put them on an amphetamine to get them, you know, you know, to get them, you know, functioning like easily, um, then you're going to get a disaster, right? Because with those drugs, it's like, all you're doing is you're, you're borrowing from tomorrow to pay for today. You know, it's like, Absolutely. you know, I mean, amphetamines, they don't give you more energy. Uh, they just take from your energy stores. And so you need them twice as bad tomorrow. And it's just a disaster. And for me, it was a complete disaster. Like I was probably, probably, you know, susceptible to the damaging effects more than most people that I've come across. Like I had a disaster. Once I got on those drugs, it like obliterated my life. First of all, it changed my personality completely. Um, it brought all of my any existing impulsivities up about 20 times, you know, and, you know, within like a few months after getting on those drugs, I was living the life of, of, of a drug addict or, you know, really a meth addict. I started doing crazy things, nothing that was, you know, super bad, but things, you know, like impulsive things going on buying sprees and charging hundreds of thousands of dollars in credit. And, uh, oh, no. and just I mean, all I'm laughing, kinds so of that stuff. is so not funny. I, I, oh yeah. no, no, no. And I mean, it is it, like, if, if you're to, there was a lot of things that happened. Like I just like totally, this was like a disaster. Cause I was like a normal guy. And then I go on these drugs and I'm like, just tweaking on this stuff that they give me. <laughs> and, uh, and I, it, it, it's, it's kind of a funny story that I tell. And it's funny because you know, I'm, you know, it's You're in, on the it, other side of it. Yeah, yeah. It, exactly. I mean, if you look at it, some of the things that I did, I went on buying sprees, I bought a bunch of exotic animals. 
I'm like a kid no. who lives <laughs> on this college campus. I bought like monkeys and dogs and and parrots oh. and uh, piranhas. I, I kept it. It was nuts. It, it was a crazy, crazy thing. If you would have seen this, it was it was uh, it, it was like a complete disaster. But it was <laughs> it was just the weirdest thing ever. And it just led to a bunch of toxic circumstances, ended up about around a bunch of drug addicts that I never would have been around had I not been on those drugs. It was just a weird, you know, alignment yeah. thing where the mentality and stuff. So so it was just like a, a complete disaster. I had thousands of dollars stolen from me, from people. It had, you know, I ended up in massive debt and then my health was devastating at the same time. And I got actually sick from the toxic effects, you know conveniently, uh, the apartment that I was in, uh, that I had all of this stuff in, not only had a bunch of toxicity from all, all the animal waste and everything that it accumulated, but, uh-huh. but also, um, from the cleaning chemicals and the, um, and then I actually had stachybotrys in there too. I found out, which was, uh, which it was an old, you know, like, like an older apartment complex. So, so that's it was a type of mold. Yeah. Yeah. So stachybotrys is a black mold, uh, that's oh, extremely yeah. toxic, like black mold, like not yes. just any mold. Right. Yes. So right. I got, ext- you know, so long story short, between the amphetamines, the cleaning chemicals, animal waste products, and <laughs> all of my pre-existing genetic susceptibilities, right, that I already had in place that I brought to it, you know, going yeah. into the drugs in the situation. I mean, you can imagine it was it was an explosion of neurotoxic autoimmunity, right? <laughs> so, so um, <laughs> you know, yeah, the, the expression of- that comes to mind is not a nice one, but yeah, it's uh, it sounds yeah. awful. Yeah, it, it, it was a complete disaster. I mean, you can imagine this was this was completely nuts, you know. Uh, and so I had a complete sort of meltdown of not only my health, but my life. Right. Because then all my funds got exhausted. My I mean, you could just imagine like the kind of disaster that this was my saving grace in the situation was that I came from a family that gave me such an amazing support system that they were able to provide a um, sort of like a reference point for me to, you know, relate back to, um, and, you know, to, you know, to get out of my circumstance and make the decision to get off the drugs, even though I was left devastated afterwards, after getting off the drugs, my brain was pretty devastated and stuff. Um, but, but it was actually, um, this is, you know, kind of a, a side thing, but it was, I, in that, that those toxic circumstances, I came across plant medicine for the first time because in an unhealthy context, I was introduced to psilocybin mushrooms and, uh, and yeah. so I and, and I had a very, very powerful sort of introspective experience that that I I took this plant medicine. Right. And again, it was in an unhealthy as, as a recreational drug. Yes. Actually. And I got so it anything, was an in, inadvertent medicine. Really? Yes. So I got anything but a recreational experience. I got a serious experience that in five hours I learned more you know, reflectively about myself and my current circumstances than I had learned in the previous 20 years of my life. Right. So I, in five hours, I realized how toxic I was being in, in the circumstances. And I, I understood, um, you know, from a principled standpoint, what I was doing with the drugs and what it was doing to me, even though I couldn't describe it in scientific terminology at the time, um, I understood it, which was very, very unique and amazing. Uh, and that's just, that can, that's, that's the potential that, uh, that, you know, some people find in those medicines. So I was lucky sure. that I had a good experience. So, so anyways, after that, it was a long road of you know, getting off the drugs, getting back to blah, blah, blah. But I was physically devastated after this. Like when I went off of the drugs, my brain was like, it wasn't like brain fog. It was like brain dead. Yeah. And uh, I, it, it was more devastating than like, I was, I had such severe cognitive deficits um, that I was starting not to recognize people in my family. 
I, I wow. was having, you know, memory lapses to where if I left my house, I would go back to like my parents. I had to move back into my parents because I was completely dysfunctional. I couldn't mm-hmm. drive a car anymore. And, broke. and I, I, yes, and broke. And I couldn't explain it to people how, you know, a person that was so young could have such like severe cognitive confusion. I would have depth perception stuff. And it wasn't until, um, you know, a couple of years later, I mean, I spent, you know, basically from then on, I just dove into, you know, medical and scientific literature and just dove into, um, and, you know, luckily I, I developed a framework in which I was, you know, minded in a way that I could dive into that information and interested me and I could start to connect dots and, and, and learn by myself. Um, but so, so I dove in and then just started to connect and, and just scour the United States outside the United States, talk to doctors and researchers and scientists. And this, you know, over the next several years, I continued to get sicker and sicker for the next probably two or three. Uh, but, uh, I, I, I literally just absorbed as much information as I could. And, you know, we ended up traveling around, obviously we exhausted the rest of the allopathic model medications just got drastically worse. So then we got, you know, branched off and started traveling around, you know, to different, you know, functional medicine clinics and doing some different single therapies. And it was like, it wasn't until over, you know, a few years time where I started to realize that it wasn't individual therapies that got people well, it was systems, right? Mm -hmm. And it was doing the Mm -hmm. right multi-therapeutic approach, the right combination of things that's synergistic, that deals at the base to help recultivate and to rebuild health which is really just based on an out with the bad in with the good principle, right? Of like, yep. you know, get rid of the bad, the, you know, the bad toxins that have built up, the bad infections, the bad, the bad cells, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and everything, and then help to usher in and facilitate the body to, uh, you know, to, you, you, you know, to rehabilitate, you know, new good tissues and everything. So, so, but it, like, it took me, you know, years to figure that out. We traveled around to all kinds of places. Once I, uh, you know, about a year into the process, I went to a place in Louisiana um, for hyperbaric oxygen, which I didn't get much help with at the time until I kind of cleaned up my body and then, you know, revisited it. But that's where I got uh, a spec brain scan, just like, like the Amen clinics do and stuff. And that helped a lot because that really showed it was, it was great to be able to showcase that to my family, sort of what I was going through visually, you know, Um, and my brain, you know, the radiologist, whenever they saw my brain, after all this devastation, a year of getting worse, they, you know, you know, the radiologist basically said that my scan was comparable to, to like 80 year olds that he scans with dementia. Cause they do a lot wow. of like p- people with dementia with hyperbaric medicine. And so, and I was like, well, I know that it, it was good to have, you know, cause yeah. a lot of it was like trying to articulate it to my family. Like, Hey, this is what I'm struggling with. Like, you know, all that stuff. Um, and, and my, and my support system. So anyways, that being said, you know, for several years, it was like this long odyssey of traveling around and meeting all the different people and stuff. And then finally I came across like a network of functional medicine doctors that helped me take all these pieces, all these bricks, um, and help me, you know, assimilate that into a building. Right. It's like, because like, it's like all these single approaches and therapies are like building blocks. And it's like, like a house is made out of bricks, but a pile of bricks is not a house. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's like, absolutely. It's like learning how to create a system that's good for you specifically and at the right pace mm-hmm. so that you can actually start to get a foothold over the pathology and start to, you know, 
to rebuild basically, right? For sure. So, and for some people yeah. also, it's the different order of things, right? You bring yes. hyperbaric chamber therapy in too soon. It's not going to work for you. You don't, mm -hmm. there's other pieces for, and I'm sure for different people, it's different things depending on their particularities. So yeah, that's a really interesting, I love that analogy actually that a pile of bricks isn't a house, but a house yeah. is bricks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, and, and it's so true because after being in this for so many years and seeing so many people with these shotgun therapies, like, oh, it's this one thing or this one yeah. thing. And everyone has their one thing. And, you know, really how I got my life back was through a multi-therapeutic approach. And it was Absolutely. about, it's, it's sort of like, I think, you know, I, I, I've heard, you know, guys like Dave Asper use this metaphor as far as like a baking bread, which we're not necessarily recommending, but as far as no. a metaphor standpoint, <laughs> it's like, you can, you know, if, if you bake flour by itself, nothing happens. If you bake yeast, if you bake water, but if you put them all together, you get this effect, right? It's a synergistic yeah. effect. Yeah. And, uh, and it's finding the right synergy and then, you know, continuing that for long enough, you know, to get that. Cause the only thing that happens instantly is, is, you know, it's like, we're used to the model of like using drugs, right? Cause we all right. grew up in, from the allopathic framework of like, take a drug for this and that. And, you know, you know, we started to realize, you know, those of us that got into this realized that that wasn't doing anything, but just shifting the chemistry downstream mm -hmm. from you know, the tissues and from the cell level. And so that's where you get the instant effects. Like anything that happens instantly usually is, is not a sustained effect. It's just kind of, you know, teetering the system and swaying it back and forth or pushing it, pushing the symptoms. And that's, you know, the chemistry is where the symptoms are. So, um, you know, a lot of times that's, you know, that's the case to actually heal. It takes time, you know, to rebuild your, your structure permanently. It takes time. And there are very powerful therapies that can move the dial more than others, mm -hmm. but, but, you know, really it, it, it is that combination of things that's extremely powerful over a long period of time. And, you know, we use, um, also, you know, when it came to the pathology, what I had to understand is like, like in our network, you know, a lot of people use this metaphor for people that are, that are neurotoxic, but it applies to all, all chronic disease is, you know, the bucket metaphor, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know, all of us have a stress and trauma bucket, whether it be mm -hmm. physical stress, chemical stress, electromagnetic stress, psychological stress, and every stressor is like a drop in the bucket. And, you know, some people have genetically smaller buckets than others, but whenever the bucket Absolutely. overflows, you start expressing the symptoms of your genetic weakness. And that's what happened to me. I probably yeah. had a smaller bucket, Adderall, you know, black mold, the whole thing, boom, it explodes, bottom falls out. Now I have to go in and I have to empty the bucket and then I have to feed my body with things that'll mm -hmm. help it recover. So it wasn't until I got online with that. Uh, where things really started to change, but, 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 you know, we can get around to this is where, you know, Kava played a crucial role and I kind of stumbled over Kava in the middle of my process, mainly because during my process, I became so sick, you know, before I started to get well in the middle of this whole story, I, at my worst, before I kind of came across a couple of these doctors that helped me put all this together, I became, you know, my gut was so wrecked and I became so high on the autoimmune spectrum that I started to develop this sensitivity syndrome mm -hmm. that, you know, really is a form of PTSD. It's becoming extremely common today. I'm, are, I see it in my group. Stuff. Yes. I see people, yeah. they, re they react to everything to the point yes. where they don't know what they're reacting to anymore. And yeah. So and it, yeah, exactly. It's, it, it's like, you know, the bucket is full and the yeah. body senses that it's being over-traumatized. So it starts to wire a defense response where yeah. it's like, Hey, stop. Everything you've done to me has screwed me up, you know? And, <laughs> yeah. and so and, it, and then it just gets confused because then it's trying to protect you, right? It's an evolutionary response, the fight or flight, trying to get you away from the tiger. But yeah. every, when everything becomes a tiger, 
and it can't discern anymore because there's no good cellular communication, you you can start reacting to almost anything. So that's what happened to me. I started reacting first to to, to drugs that I, which I wasn't taking many of those anymore, but I, you know, I would react to supplements and -hmm. then I started reacting to foods. And a lot of that happens because you get leaky gut and you end up with, with, you know, leaky membranes and leaky blood brain barrier things, proteins cross that shouldn't your immune system starts to prime and prime. And then your body starts reacting more. And mine was extremely leaky. I can guarantee that. And it was, uh, so I started reacting to foods and eventually got so sensitive that I was even reacting to water. And that's whenever it got oh extremely God. dangerous. I didn't even know that was possible. Right. It's like that, that no. I, I was so sensitive that at one point I'd put a drop of water in my tongue and I'd go into a full grandma seizure. Wow. And, uh, that, that was insane. I mean, it totally blew my mind, but it happened. And I almost died from dehydration, um, uh, you know, because of that, because I couldn't find a way of stopping these reactions. And I was, I had to go off all foods, which kind of forced me into some long-term fasting, which I think I got some benefits from, but at the same time that almost, you know, too long and certainly almost, uh, it, I, it, it became a very dangerous situation, but it kind of came down to this thing where the only way that I could stop these convulsatory reactions, the reactions were either they would be different, you know, with different things. Sometimes they were more immunological and sometimes they were more nervous system. Right. And I mean, they're, they're interconnected. That sounds like a nightmare, Cameron. It it was a complete like nightmare. My, uh, beyond my wildest imagination, it was, especially as being so young and everything and going Mm -hmm. through that. And, and, uh, you know, thank God for my support system. That's all I can say. But, 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 you know, basically I had to figure out, a lot of times these reactions parallel each other. It starts off nervous system. It becomes immunological. If you swell, if you get itchy, if you get anaphylaxis, uh, you know, swelling of the trachea, that's, that's more immunological. And then, you know, the nervous systems are like, it's still like my nervous system reactions. My trachea would squeeze like someone was strangling Yeah, like me. a nervous system reaction can really parallel it. Yes. Um, a physiological and, reaction. And, and, I mean, it's so driving bad. the physiological, right? I mean, yes. nothing yeah. happens without the nervous system. But, but it, it got so crazy that it literally would put me into seizures, right? So it was like my reactions were becoming very lethal and they were becoming torturous to where it was just, it was depleting my body so much to have them. And when you're reacting to everything, you have to find some way to stop the cycle. Mm-hmm. Because I got to a point where I was dealing, I, I met a couple of functional medicine doctors, one that really helped me tremendously, um, who, who became a good friend of mine. But, but, I had a lot of good strategies, but unfortunately, like we couldn't implement any of them because I couldn't tolerate anything. Right. So it's like, we were trying to find a way to interrupt that. And the only thing that would stop my convulsions was like a high dose of benzodiazepines, even though I would react to them too. If I took a high enough dose, it would neutralize the reaction once they kicked in through the GABA centers and shut down the excitability. The problem is you start doing that regularly. You're going to end up with far worse reactions because borrowing from our, from, you know, tomorrow to pay for today, you deplete that chemistry that you're using up. You're using up those chemicals that are inhibiting the system. So then you become more vulnerable and you ricochet even more in the opposite direction. Benzodiazepine uh, tolerance and uh, oh yeah, and the withdrawal is like is epic. Like well, it's the withdrawal very hard it, to get off of. I was I was so fragile and already having seizures. You know, you can imagine if I started having withdrawal from those things, it it it, it was becoming extremely dangerous, right? Mm-hmm. So I was using them just to eat. Right. I was using them just to, you know, so you to survive. Starve. Yeah, but exactly. And to drink water. And at, at at one point I couldn't even do that. And we had to we got really lucky that, you know, 
there was kind of a unique way that we stopped the, the reaction long enough where I went on this long stint of not being able to drink water and went several days without water and almost died from dehydration. But after we got through that, I was not out of the woods. I was trying to find a, a transitional strategy off of these benzos that could still sort of, you know, reduce the, the, the overexcitability to where I could sort of get under the hood and start working under the hood. Cause there was all this craziness going on in the surface. I just couldn't do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and I was in a very dangerous situation, kind of getting weaker. So I needed, I, I knew enough I'd been, well, you know, by this point, this was a good, you know, seven years into it where I delved, you know, deeply into, you know, herbal medicines and plant medicines and had a lot in the back of my head. Um, and I knew that, uh, you know, a good strategy was to try to find a combination or a plant-based analog to a benzodiazepine that could prop up the same receptors to allow okay. me to transition safely off. I didn't, I wasn't sure I was going to find it because, you know, finding something that has the power of a drug or at least in the same ballpark, um, seemed a little bit unlikely, but it was the only good strategy that I had outside of using some other compounds to dance around those, those receptors. Um, but anyways, you know, after, you know, looking through the literature and talking to people, like, of course I came across Kava because Kava is known as, you know, like, you know, a plant-based benzodiazepine in a lot of ways with all these other effects. Right. And it has, it binds to the same as benzodiazepines and alcohol and it, you know, the Kava lactones, the active constituents bind to those and many others as well too, but it's main affinity is for the GABA A receptors. And that's the main inhibitory system in the body that yeah. calms down the glutamate response that's going crazy in these, which is the most excitatory sporadic, yep. um, you, you know, uh, chemical signal in the body really. And, and so it's, uh, um, it, I, I came across it, but I kind of dismissed it, you know, like a couple of years prior because I tried these capsules from the health food store and, you know, it, they were branded under the name Kava Kava, which is what it's you know, generally referred to as in the States in America, where you do see it. And it's, it's limited where you see it. And I also saw these claims about liver toxicity and some different things that kind of concerned me. And I just kind of like looked over it. And yeah. it wasn't until I made friends through some of my digging with, uh, you know, indigenous person from the Polynesian islands um, who, um, who is from Vanuatu. And he was like, man, you got to try kava. And I was like, oh. I was like, yeah, I mean, I've tried kava. And uh, it, was, it was, I mean, this was really serendipitous. I had this conversation at the exact right time. Um, and I was like, it, it was like chamomile tea for me. And there's these concerns, these safety concerns possibly. And, and it's like, it didn't really do much for me. It was, it was, it was not much. And he, he, he asked me what I tried. I told him and he kind of laughed and said, that's not kava, you know? <laughs> Cause like, you know, to them, it's, it's kind of a joke, like, you know, yeah. that, you know, the Westerners come in and they think that like, that, that they're going to improve it by like extracting it with solvents and that we have this yeah. model that we apply to it. And right. what you end up doing is you end up separating it from its entourage effect. And the entourage effect is true in all plant medicines, but it's even more applicable to some than others, right? Some plant medicines you can extract with with ethanol or other chemical solvents. Uh, and you can at least get an effect and sometimes a powerful effect that's incomplete, but still strong. With yeah. kava, if you extract it with solvents, which all of the kava kava capsules in the United States are, um, you lose like 80 to 90% of the depth of the, of the medicine experience. Like you uh-huh. lose a lot and, and it's a totally different thing, right? So you end up with something that's just a little bit like a, a mild sedative, like chamomile tea, if you do that, that's very mild. So the indigenous people, they don't consider that kava at all. 
because the definition of kava is the water and pressure extracted drink, the full spectrum sort of you know, constituent beverage uh, from the roots of Pipermethysticum, just like the definition of coffee is the water extracted drink from the right. beans of coffee Arabica. Right. You can't get white caffeine and a hydrous powder and call it coffee. It's not the same. Right, thing. right, right. So you're getting all the cofactors, really. You're getting everything yes. around yes. it that's pushing and pulling other levers while yes. this and active it, ingredient is doing what it's doing. And you're getting more covalactones too. The active constituents are called covalactones. Yeah. Um, you know, just like the cannabinoids in cannabis, there's, there's a lot of them there. Well, there's, there's 18 primary ones that we've, that, that we've identified and a lot of enzymatic, you know, um, compounds and cofactors and things that help with the half-life bioavailability, the whole thing. So it's a, uh, when you get the full constituent beverage, and especially if you get it fresh, the experience is completely different. So basically my friend, he started sending me <laughs> um, bags of like fresh frozen kava. So he was even sending it to me like fresh, like not even dried kava, which is really how we have to process most of it. Still traditional preparation, but dried. He was freezing it, sending it to me, told me how to prepare it. It was a long, tedious process. You have to thaw it. Then you've got to like put it in a strainer bag and squeeze it into a bowl of cold water for like 30 to 45 minutes. Oh, and then wow. you have to do all these different things, you know, with pressure uh, and then heat and different things. And then uh, you end up with basically a bowl of muddy water and nice. then you drink that bowl and uh, <laughs> it, which I was happy Sounds to drink. Sounds awesome. At the time. <laughs> well, at this I was, point you'll drink anything. But. I would have drank, I would have drank, I would have drank anything if it had a perceived health benefit, if it was helped me. And, and the thing is, is that the taste is pretty bitter. It tastes like, you know, peppery mud mm -hmm. uh, and uh, you know, you drink it. And I was completely blown away within a few days. I had somewhere between like an 80 to 85% probably reduction in all my spasticity. Wow. So, so and I so, was, and this is just from the GABA A receptors or there's more, th there's more. Yeah. Okay. You know, yeah, after diving into it, there's definitely more, but that's, that's the, it's, it's most, you know, famous sort of, you know, mechanism mm. of action. Cause that's where it's the hardest. And that's the, what you kind of feel, I think the most, um, but it actually hits on almost every neuro and tissue protective pathway that we know of. It really is a complete biological organism that carries with it. Um, this sort of signature of, of bioprotection. And a lot of that has to do with its, its role in the natural ecology. It, it plays a protective role. So it, it, uh, it, it has adaptively developed a complete array of you know, protective mechanisms that it formulates through chemistry. And then whenever you take that into your body, it transfers that adaptability to you, which is really fascinating. And, and that's uh, the fascinating thing about plant intelligence, right? Mm -hmm. um, but, so it's like uh, an ultimate adaptogen kind of it is, but, but even but you know, most that, adaptogens, yeah. uh, they do, you know, they, they tune up what needs to be tuned up, tuned down what needs to be tuned down. Yeah. But, but you know, most of them, they, they don't have that sort of acute drug like punch mm -hmm. where it's like, gives you the instant relief. They work over time yeah. and you get effects, you know, instantly, but it's not like you can, you can come off your, your drugs with them, you know, sometimes. Right. Um, but with Kava, it's really amazing because it has this really powerful, acute therapeutic response that you feel right? Just like you would feel a drug, but it's very balanced. It doesn't, it's like no drunkenness. You mm -hmm. can feel this euphoria in high dosages. You feel this mood lift, this relaxation, the mind opening effects, even some entheogenic effects that are almost a little bit like microdosing psychedelics, but you're totally yourself. You know, huh. it doesn't interrupt your faculties or anything. It's really amazing. So it has that acute punch to it, but at the same time, it's non-addictive. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's really, really amazing. And it has this it's 
we know now from the scientific literature that it's also working to rehabilitate the parasympathetic nervous system long-term. Like wow. some of the new studies that are coming out, we're seeing an increase in GABA receptor density with long-term use. Huh. Um, so, so not only is it not borrowing from tomorrow to pay for today, it's actually given you the punch, but upregulating and yeah. strengthening your body's parasympathetic nervous system and those GABA system that you become, when you become sick and reactive, your bucket's full, you become sympathetic dominant and it does yeah. this thing. It's, it's almost like the balance between TH1, TH2 with the immune system, right? It's a, it's this, you know, sympathetic, parasympathetic Kava is not only giving you that acute relief, but it also helps over time to sort of retrain this to balance mm -hmm. out. It's very, very amazing. And at a powerful level too, like, again, all of the other herbs that I was using at the time were good. And even yeah. using the, the herbs like valerian root, chamomile, passion flower, and those, there's nothing wrong with those. And, you know, you know, and CBD and everything too. But for me at the time, using those, it was a little bit like trying to, you know, shoot a BB gun at a freight train. You know, yeah. it, it, it was, it was, <laughs> it was like, they're good, but I had a freight train coming at you me. You needed someone was, uh, in the, in the, in the control center there. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. The controls. Yeah. So it was, yeah. So I was after a few days of taking it, I didn't expect this at all. I was like, I was, I, I hoped I'd get something off. I'd take whatever I could get, sure. but it was like, I just, I just noticed it's like, I wasn't reacting to like hardly anything. My, my nervous system was just held down and I was able to sleep. My sleep scores drastically improving and everything. And I'm like, I think I could start coming off of these benzos kind of thing, you know? And so like, wow. you know, literally within two months, I was completely off benzos. Okay. Like That's off regular amazing. use of the benzos. So that is unheard of. You're talking, you know, benzodiazepines when you've been on them for like years, it, it can take a year and a half to taper even more. So in my situation, I probably wouldn't have even been successful at that because yeah. of how non-adaptive my system was. So to be off of these, it was literally like a miracle. It, it was like an entity. <laughs> it was like an angelic force came in and it's just freaking like did something to me. And, and it, it was, it was just like, I was completely just beyond grateful, was totally fascinated with this plant. And, um, so I dove in completely, you know, to this, you know, did you, you're diving into all the strains talking with, you know, my friend, you know, connected me with all kinds of people, farmers, indigenous people, and connected me with some of the main scientists that I eventually started to work with later on that, uh, that, that are involved in most of, of the, of the published research on Kava in, in, uh, Germany and Switzerland and in the islands as well, too. And, uh, you know, kava, it turns out, is one of the most well-researched herbs in the world, actually, outside of <laughs> cannabis and ginseng and reishi mushroom. But there was this discrepancy that, that actually came in. And, and as I started to go into it uh, and I got these effects, I was still wondering, like, well, what about this liver toxicity thing? Yeah, because I have that written down as a question. What about that yes, liver toxicity thing? <laughs> this is extremely, you know, fascinating. And it's actually really easy to understand once you understand, you know, what happened here. Um, okay, so just like, most plant medicines that, that, that we have, you know, today, a lack of nuance in the, well, first of all, we're kind of in the middle of this plant renaissance right now. Yes. We're in the middle of a renaissance of a lot of things, right. You know, from, yeah. you know, from new discoveries to rediscoveries of, of old principles, but you know, everything that happened with CBD and cannabis, where mm -hmm. we saw it as this innately bad thing. And then we, we sort of reexamine it and realize, oh, there's more nuance context yeah. matters. Like there's a part of the plant that's actually not psychoactive at all. And then there's a way of of, of using it, hybridizing it, maybe that's not so healthy. Uh, there's a way of preparing it. There's a way of, so it's like the, you know, the devil's in the details and context sure. matters. 
Yeah. Same thing with psychedelics. We're seeing this reemergence like of psychedelics. Oh, psilocybin certain, for, uh, yes. for addictions and things yes. like that. Like it's psilocybin and ayahuasca. Certainly they can be dangerous, but I wouldn't even say that they are dangerous as much as the contextual use of them is, sure. but it's, it's how we relate to these things, right? How yeah. we use them, how we, we prepare them. There are some plants that are innately toxic, right? You know, sure. there's some, some mushrooms you pick up, they'll kill you in a half an hour. <laughs> you know, those you can't form a relationship with. But whenever you look at a plant like kava that you have an entire culture, mm-hmm. you know, uh, that spans across the South Pacific that has used it daily for 3000 years with zero, virtually zero reports of any deleterious effects, especially on liver function in the anthropological accounts, you have yeah. to ask yourself, okay, this makes no sense that you have, you know, people who have this belief system and there's this, this, this section, not even of the scientific community anymore. A lot of people think that it is around this liver toxicity thing. Cause still to this day, if you research Kava, you'll, it'll say, Oh, be careful about Kava and liver toxicity. Okay. So what happened was, is Kava was fixing to hit a big boom in the late nineties because it was one of those things where people were starting to discover it. Pharmaceutical companies were looking at it and like pharma companies do, they're figuring out how they can isolate a compound and patent, and patent it and everything it. like that. Yeah. So there was, there was one large pharmaceutical company in Germany that basically went, didn't know what they were doing, tried to take an ancient medicine and apply their, their isolation you know, methodologies to it. And they were trying to produce a patentable drug with it. So they went and bought very low quality cob material. We know now from the investigations that have taken place. And what they ended up with was material that contained aerial parts, the, the, the leaves and the stems of kava. Which is, again, devil in the details when plants, yes, right? Because the, the leaves and the stem, you know, the roots are highly medicinal. They're underground, right? Yeah, yeah. So the above ground parts of the plant, the plant produces a lot of plant defense compounds sure. that, that are meant to protect itself. Kava is protective, like I said, but those are aggressively protective to where they're not even like crazy toxic, but they can they can induce some bad symptoms, some roughage and inflammation, different things. Now, if you get those parts of the plant and then and then you heavily concentrate those plant defense alkaloids with aggressive chemical solvents like acetone and things like they were using with it. This is a perfect storm for disasters and they weren't paying any attention to strain. There are some strains of kava that are closer to wild kava that mm-hmm. haven't been cultivated and dialed into a, a, a realm of tolerability by humans and that are not considered daily use strains. It has to hit a certain chemotype or chemical composition to be in a class that we tested for and all the kava that, you know, you know, that we grow meets this noble characteristic, what they call it in the islands. And it's a framework that's been set up that basically means these are daily use kavas that indigenous people have been consuming daily for, for, you know, thousands of years. Right. But they were getting the cheapest material that they could find that still had kava lactones in it. They were getting all these other constituents, extracting the solvents. They ended up with this pharmaceutical compound that again, it's like, you know, you can't call caffeine powder coffee. No. People go into the hospital from caffeine powder all the time. Whenever they, you can buy caffeine powder online. And if you take Absolutely. half that bottle, you yeah. can go into the hospital. It's yeah. very hard to go into the hospital from coffee. It's, you yeah. know, it's, 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 it's very difficult. You really have to do something stupid. Uh, and, and even then it, you're probably not. And it's the same thing with say, you know, coca tea to cocaine, right? Yes. Coca tea is a medicine that the indigenous people drink daily. They chew the leaves to death to altitude. And it's got this balance, this food balance. And it technically has cocaine as an alkaloid in it but it's embedded in this intelligence that, that has protective mechanisms of balance. Right. So, so, you know, they're using it daily and they're not robbing convenience stores and they're not, you know, having their lives devastated. Like if 
you know, cocaine will ruin your life over the weekend. It's an, it's an isolate. It's a, it's a, you know, it's a, it's, it's a concentrate in that way. So basically it's, it was similar. They produced a, you know, pharmaceutical compound and then they, they gave it to a series of people, probably a couple dozen ever in the history of Kava use. And these, it, you know, this was in, you know, a, a, you know, study that was, you know, basically all people coming off of alcohol, many of the, that were also, so they had liver on, damage to begin with. Exactly. Exactly. It, <laughs> right. I mean, this is a complete disaster, right? So these, yeah, yeah, yeah. most no, of these patients storm. were coming off of alcohol and many were on high doses of acetaminophen also too, which depletes, you know, oh, liver yeah. enzymes and stuff. So, yeah. and then you hit it with this pharmaceutical version of Kava and you, you had a handful of people that got some liver toxicity, high liver enzymes, and a couple that even had liver failure. Yeah. So then they got heavy news press and we're still not even, I mean, I'm not going to, you know, make this claim or anything, but there's a suspicion around very credible people, you know, the, the scientists and things who, whom we work with in, in the Kava industry and, and uh, outside the Kava industry, but, you know, just, just in, in Kava research, uh, you know, in general that actually, you know, suspect that this, that some of this publicity may have been deliberate from a pharmaceutical standpoint, because, you know, you know, Kava has, has, has so much therapeutic action. Um, as a that, plant. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. they found out yeah. that they couldn't get the effects fully from patenting it. And so it's, it got an unreasonable amount of press whenever this mm-hmm. one thing happened in Germany and Switzerland. And then countries started banning it just basically on this one you know, principle. So it's very similar to what happened in the United States with tryptophan in the early 1990s, if you remember that, where someone synthesized a compound that wasn't chemically tryptophan, it had neurotoxins in it. Some people got hurt and then they banned tryptophan, right? So that'd be like- Like an amino acid, like give me a break. Yeah. It's (laughs) like, that'd be like us banning meat because someone gave some toxic conventional meat someone got sick from. And it's like, it it wasn't meat or it wasn't, it wasn't the real thing. So I think think there's some movement that direction, but we won't talk about that today. Right, right. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. But anyway, so, so long story short, over the last 15, 20 years, this has been fully vetted out by the scientific literature, been heavily investigated, even the WHO, you know, which, you know, a lot of times does, doesn't do, you know, a great job. Um, like has, has made, you know, a statement on this that they issued through codex that, you know, basically says that this was a quality control issue. Um, mm-hmm. and that, that, you know, kava has been a, a traditional food that's been, and if it meets these criteria, then it's considered a safe medicine. And this is what constitutes kava where actually I've been involved with, with a team of scientists and we, you know, submitted a, uh, you know, proposal for an international quality standard. They did, um, uh, you know, a, you know, a few, you know, a couple of years ago, that's expected to be adopted by codex. Um, you know, which, which, which sets these, you know, sort of regulatory world standards, you know, for safety. Um, you know, this next year, which lays out these criteria and that's what constitutes kava as a food. And if you go by those, what we're trying to work out with mm-hmm. the FDA is, is getting food classification, which, which, you know, we'll be able to get just like coffee if it meets those criteria. So has to be traditionally prepared, has to be these certain strains, a certain composition has to be hundred percent root material. So it has to be tested for chlorophyll to make sure yeah. that it has no aerial parts. And yeah. then, and then tested for mycotoxins as well. Cause that's something that was, that was believed to be a problem with the, uh, with, with the Germany thing. So that's what, what, what we're involved in to, to try to, you know, build this framework and to try to educate the difference between kava as a medicinal food substance and kava like products that could be problematic. Disastrous. Hey folks, we interrupt this episode very briefly to tell you something really exciting. 
first of all, it's to thank our sponsor for this episode, which is Bioptimizers. And um, really specific about a product about Bioptimizers. And I just wanted to share a story with you. Um, and this is a question I get from listeners all the time. They want to know, people often want to know if it's possible to avoid digestive problems just by eating clean, healthy, organic food. And I wish that the answer was that simple, but unfortunately, more often than not, it's not that simple. You see, your natural ability to digest food declines with age. It also declines when you're chronically stressed. It declines when you're, um, when you're dehydrated. And that's because your body, first of all, with time produces fewer enzymes, which are ultimately the proteins that are responsible for digesting your food. And if you can't, if you're not making enough enzymes, you actually can't digest your food properly. And even organic foods ultimately won't provide enough enzymes in order to digest them properly. And frankly, whether it's organic or not, doesn't even have that much to do with it. And this is especially true if you cook your food because cooking kills enzymes. And we all know that there's also problems with raw diets. So what's the answer here? So the fact is that you may have digestion problems even after a healthy meal. And this can show up in a million ways. It can show up like bloating or a headache, or you feel heavy, or you just, you know, you might feel gassy or you might have reflux. The fact is your body just can't seem to produce enough enzymes to get that job done. And this is where supplementing with a really high quality enzyme supplement can be a massive help. I personally recommend and use mass signs by bioptimizers. It is ultimately a best in class supplement, which is loaded with full spectrum enzymes for digesting protein, starches, sugars, fibers, and fats. Taking mass signs every day helps to top off your enzyme levels and replace the enzymes in your body that it's no longer making for you, which means you'll be able to eat all sorts of delicious foods and digest them quickly and effortlessly. Once you start taking these you may regularly, you may notice that you no longer feel bloated after meals, that your belly feels flatter. And if you happen to have leaky gut, mass signs could actually reduce the gut irritation and help you absorb more nutrients. We'd say in nutrition that you cannot assimilate what you do not absorb and you cannot absorb what you don't break down. So that's where we start with the proteins. We break it down so that we can absorb it so that we can assimilate it. Um, so, I've heard time and time again, and again, from personal experience that these enzymes make a massive difference for people. And you know, the truth is that life is just too short to suffer from digestive problems. So if you want freedom from your food, especially during the holiday season, where we do have a tendency to overindulge, um, try Masszymes risk-free and experience for yourself the magic of high quality enzymes. So for an exclusive offer for my listeners, all you have to do is go to masssigns.com forward slash bionat and use code bionat10 for 10% off your order. And again, that link is masszigns.com forward slash bionat and use code bionat10. I'm telling you guys, you will not be sorry. Your life will be changed. I know that mine was. I use these every single day at every meal. Thanks for being here and enjoy the rest of the episode. So you found salvation, frankly, in this, in this plant and then made it your business to bring it to the world. Like where, yeah. where's yeah, the so segue there? Like, I mean, I mean, I can imagine like, this is like totally life-changing blows your mind in three yeah. to four days. Well, what I found out was I, I basically tripped over this thing that was like this, this, this hidden gem 
just like if, if, if you were to be, you know, if, if you were to come across, you know, CBD when no one was talking about it and realize that there was this nuance there and there was this heavy yeah. potential and all of this, and there was this research, but no one had publicized it, marketed it. And there was still this, you know, this sort of dark cloud that loomed over it. And, you know, kava is just, it is the most sacred substance in the South Pacific. It's, you know, to them, it's their most sacred. It's they consider it not just medicine for the body because they don't have a lot of the same ailments that we do because of mm-hmm. our environment and stuff, but they see it mostly as medicine to the mind because, sure. uh, you know, because long-term it has, like I mentioned before, has these subtle entheogenic effects um, that just like having with psilocybin mushrooms, they help with left, bright, right brain, um, uh, uh, left, right brain uh connection, you know, basically an alignment, right? So it helps to, um, does it actually to- act on that? Is it the corpus callosum that, that yeah, next yeah. to two that's, lobes? That's what, that's, what's been theorized. And we know that, uh, that it hits a lot of those, those systems that interconnect those, the systems as well. I mean, it's, it's, it has, you know, serotonergic mechanisms, dopaminergic mechanisms, cholinergic mechanisms. It's got, of course, the gabergic mechanisms and a lot of other neuroprotective mechanisms as well too. Uh, but, but, you know, basically it's, it induces a state that is like a subtle psychedelic that leaves you sober. In fact, I'm starting to call it the sober psychedelic because it can be tolerated by almost anybody. Yeah. And it, in high dosages, it makes for one of the best sort of, um, you know, community building sort of social enhancing experiences because you're totally yourself, but you're just this more sort of reflective, introspective where you can sort of see the big picture. You know, these psychedelic compounds by by sort of, you know, connecting the hemispheres of the brain, it allows you to access more of your complete mainframe. Mm-hmm. And it induces something that I call systems thinking, where when you're in a stress state, your body goes into this state where you can only see what's right in front of you because it's kind of a survival thing. Your body focuses in. And that's yeah. what happens when you take psychostimulants. That's why drugs like Adderall suppress your creativity. Yeah. And you can just see what's right in front of you because you're just fighting off the tiger and your body pulls its resource away from that. This relaxes you, puts you in an alpha state, but opens your mind up in this amazing way where you can kind of reflect and see the big picture and kind of examine the circumstances of your life. And over time, being in a different perspective or state of mind, just like with psychedelics, creates new neurological structures because perceptual experiences will create neuroplasticity. And yeah. so you start to think in different ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're rewiring the, your brain in a way just yes. by allowing different pathways to build and thinking differently. And it's, it's also, you know, what we're interested the most is, is the research on PTSD and Kava because it's been observed anthropologically that it's profound at processing trauma because what you're doing is you're going into this incredibly reflective state but it's also suppressing or balancing or reducing limbic system reactivity. So basically mm-hmm. it allows you to access distant memories, but reflect on them from a place of safety or of more safety. Wow. So it allows you to start to form new associations with not only people who you're connecting with when you're talking, but past experiences as well too. And by balancing the parasympathetic nervous system, helping to downregulate some of that trained fight or flight response it's re- I, I experienced this because I had severe PTSD from this and I was just getting better and better, less reactive, more flexible as far as my, and then, you know, from a, a trauma standpoint and the indigenous people like, like, I, you know, like I've, I've had conversations with them after, you know, years of taking it and I'm like, you know, it's happening this and I'm kind of explaining it scientifically and stuff. And they're like, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, we don't <laughs> describe it like that, but they're like, well, yeah, you know, that's, you know, you know, we told you like this. No kidding. Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. So it's interesting because I was just actually at, um, at a summit recently and, um, 
we did a transformational breath work session, mm-hmm. um, which I'm sure you know what that is. It's that circular breath work and it's very powerful. And there was a woman there who had actually led a, a seminar on dealing with tra- trauma. And she herself has a big history of trauma generationally. You know, she's a, her background was indigenous and, you know, so she's got a lot of this mm-hmm. trauma and as close as her mother and herself and the whole nine yards. And she had a very, you know, you could call it cathartic, but a very tough time coming through this. And I wonder, and you would probably know this, would having Kava on board in situations like this kind of make, possibly make that experience easy, like just better, like so that it's less of the, of like it, for her, like she was going through this horrible time, you know, like there was a lot of crying and, and, and she was very distressed. And I wonder if having something like Kava on board would, would still allow her to go through this process of processing, but without the trauma piece attached to it, or maybe not as severe. I'm, I'm okay. Stop talking. Yeah, exactly. You You know, I mean, (laughs) I I would say, you know, I mean, everybody, nothing, um, in every situation, you know, you've got to find if you're going to work with the plant medicine, um, it doesn't work for, for everybody in all contexts, but, but, and and so it's, it's, you know, there's never one that works for everybody. Right. But the thing that I've, I've, I've noticed about Kava is that Kava is one of the most broad spectrum, well-tolerated plant medicines in this wheelhouse that helps with limbic system, that helps to open up the heart, that helps to just help facilitate a healing process from Mm -hmm. damaged perspectives or from, from, from sort of these, these negative feedback loops, these psychological and emotional negative feedback loops that are developed by trauma. It helps to interrupt those things, give people perspective, retrain their limbic system and stuff. So it's not, it's not the only answer. You still have to do, you know, know, the work too, but it's a a great facilitator. Right. And it's, and it's, you know, anyone who's experimenting with it, obviously you want to optimize your dosage. You want to do all the things it's like you can even try different strains. Well, what we've tried to do is we've tried to you know, create a combination of strains in our products to keep it focused and not confusing when we're trying to popularize it, but that are well tolerated by the most amount of people. Um, and so, but if someone has really complicated issues as well too, they can go outside of that and, and, you know, work with some, you know, some different strains of Kava to get it dialed in. But I would say if it, if, if, if she tolerates it well, then yeah. it's certainly, it would be up there at the top of my try list because it has so few drawbacks and it really just helps with everything that you're talking about. I mean, it's, it's a, uh, it, it, um, it, you know, and again, it's, it's a facilitator. A lot of times yeah. people need it's not a solution, that, right? It, it's, it's, it's a great, it kind of, like, you know, with me, like, it, like it wasn't like drinking kava got me completely well, but it was an mm-hmm. amazing safe leverage tool that I used mm-hmm. to give myself more wiggle room to where, yeah. oh my gosh, it freed me up to where I had, I had room to stretch around and breathe is where I was like confined and being squeezed to death by this process where it allows you to open up. It allows you to kind of it kind of boosts motivation and, and, and inspiration that kind of keeps you going because of the, the effects that it has in the mind, the effects it has on dopamine and serotonin and stuff. So it, uh, like, it's one of those things that kind of, it kind of lights that fire in you mm-hmm. at the same time as kind of freeing you up from the paralyzing effects of the acute stress. Right. Yeah. Because a lot yeah. of times, you know, you know, we see this all the time, you know, people who are super sick, 
they're dealing with a mountain of, of, of issues that, that, you know, we're trying to tell them they have to start tackling. Right. Yeah. And they're so paralyzed by the stresses or their sensitivities or the sleeplessness or the anxiety that it's hard for them to get started. If you give them something that's safe, that they can tolerate, that really sort of takes a little bit of that weight off, then mm-hmm. it just gets them going. And it, it's, it's a great leverage. It's, I call it a, I mean, it's a safe crutch is what it is. Right. Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, I love the way you describe it in that it gave you a little more wiggle room. Like it created that, you know, it's like when we, when we get people to meditate, we talk about creating a buffer between them and the rest of the world so that they become less reactive. It sounds a little bit like, like that, like it gives you a little more breathing space so that, and you've used this word a lot, so you can gain better perspective. And you yes, have, you yeah. know, you can pull out of the storm a little bit to see, mm-hmm. to maybe see a bit more about what's going on and give yourself the opportunity to deal with it. Getting out of that limbic system, which is that, that kind of prehistoric brain kind of thing. That's just very reactive, right? Yes. And yeah. moving, allowing yourself to get to the frontal prefrontal cortex so that, you know, your executive can kind of come online and go, okay, let's see what's going on here a little bit. Yeah. Um, it just sounds like a really cool. So, in tr- so I want to talk to you a little bit about, I want to talk a bit about dosing. And I also like, so do you think at some point your company might, as you get into a place where Kava is better understood and better accepted, might you get into the world of developing different strains for different applications? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Like, is that something down it's, the road you're thinking you might do? Because well, we're already like doing huge, it. Yeah. It's, it, yeah. I mean, we've already done tons of R and D on different products, but as we were launching this thing, because there's so much education and we're trying to create this, this framework yeah. for mm-hmm. Kava, you know, we're trying to, reaching, you know, the most people first. And so what we're sure. doing at this stage is trying to build like a live, um brand, but, you know, you know, also that, that can, we, we can start to, you know, integrate Kava into um, all of the, you know, the main layers of the marketplace because Kava has every possibility as eventually becoming in the same wheelhouse as far as how common it is as a cup of coffee, right? Yeah. Because now, now there are different, you know, what you would get at a check counter wouldn't be what you'd get at, at your highest, you know, medicinal dose, like therapeutic, but we've tried to, what we're trying to do is to create lifestyle branding, mm-hmm. um, you know, to where we're integrating kava as a food in its yeah. most tolerable and, you know, and, you know, widely applicable form and something that's focused enough that doesn't confuse people. Right. So <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so we developed, you know, a combination of strains and like, like a drink because, you know, not everybody takes supplements, but everybody can drink a drink, you know, kind sure. of thing. And, sure. you know, trying to popularize something essentially like if you were trying to popularize, you know, kombucha today or something, For sure. um, it's, it's keeping it focused in the beginning, uh, is, is, is what we're trying to do to avoid confusion while we're trying to build this educational, you know, machine around it. But we have, R&D ready, basically that, you know, as we go in the next year, you know, two years, we're going to start integrating more specialized products. And I've got a lot that I'm, that I'm, you know, going to do, you know, to build out the, you know, the wing in the medical space, specifically Mm -hmm. for clinical application, various strains, different forms that are in smaller volume that can be taken in capsules that still give that effect of the drink, which is hard to do for a lot of reasons uh, without using. Yeah, why is that? Things. Oh, okay. So, so let's talk a little bit. So you have three different products right now. One, mm-hmm. which I just held up, you have the tincture, which is the first product that you had. And then the other one is sitting in my mother's fridge in Florida because I couldn't figure out a way to get it home. <laughs> but I got to have some at the upgrade labs conference at the yeah, yeah. BioStrap 
uh, event and then at your booth as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so are all of these products basically different um, variations of the same strains that you have in your tincture or are you already exploring different strains with these products? Because I haven't tried this yet only because I wasn't sure what it was going to taste like, but the, mm-hmm. the carbonated drink that you made that we had was actually delicious. Like it was really mm-hmm. nice and it didn't, it, you know, yeah. the, the tincture I would say is a bit more of an acquired taste. It's, it's, I, I see it as a supplement more than yeah. something I'm taking to enjoy. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know where this one was going to land. Well, that's and exactly, little, yeah. The, the, um, the drink actually isn't, isn't available, um, you know, to purchase yet. We, you know, we showcased at the conference as, as sort of a pre-launch type of thing. We're setting up kind of a, uh, you know, subscription, you know, service that the people can get it. It's, it's kind of tricky because, you know, whenever you're, whenever you're shipping a lot of high volume liquid and stuff, you know, the oh, shipping yeah. costs and stuff, but, but uh, that is the product that, that we're um, rolling out retail. We're going to do, you know, you know, regional retail thing. And that's, sure. that's where we're going with it. You know, you, you health food stores and different things. So that's where we're moving with that. And that really, to me is like the main product because, um, that, that we can proliferate the most in the culture and we'll have more potent, mm-hmm. you know, forms of it. That'll be like available kind of like that. We're wanting to move towards like, you know, the liquor store type of a thing where you have a, a more potent product. That's even that packs a harder punch that, that that's that you could have. And, you know, the drink that we have right now is more what you would buy in a health food store, you know, yeah. once we get to that point, but, um, it's the one that, you know, just like having a beer or a coffee with someone, you can enjoy that drink and you don't have to prepare it or anything. And it gives you the effects of kava there. And it, it it's, it, it's like sharing it, you know, with yeah, someone and, lovely. you know, drinking. Now, what like about yeah, this? So, this is like a little shot. Yeah. So the shot is actually the exact same as the drink, but just flavored differently and in a two ounce concentration. So it's um, the drink well, can is I actually. add this to my San Pellegrino? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I haven't opened it because I was like, I don't know how to use it, so I'm going to wait till I interview Cameron. (laughs) Yeah, so the yeah, so the two ounce shot is basically we make it at that concentration, then we add more water for the drink, right? You know, so um, so it's the exact same, it's the exact same combination of strains, which is like it's a proprietary combination of the most well tolerated strains. There's there's over you know, I mean, there's several hundred strains of kava that are actively used daily in the islands. But there's there's, you know, a few that are just really broad spectrum. There are some just like cannabis that are more heavy and mm-hmm. like sedative. And there's some that are more heady, like nootropic, mind lifting, all the stuff that we talked about before. Um, but um, what we didn't want, we didn't want something that was sedative, but we wanted something that was a combination of calm and focus and mood lifting that would give you the effects of alcohol. We don't want something in these products right now that's going to put you to sleep, but we want something that leads to a good sleep. That, mm-hmm. that kind of puts you in that alpha state where you can access the, you know, the better parts of yourself. So we came up with a, a, like a really good combination of strains and it's prepared totally traditionally and stabilized, which was difficult to do as well, especially in that volume. And then to actually make it taste good was also very difficult. Uh, like as, <laughs> as far as the drink is concerned, which yeah. I, I think we did pretty good there and, you know, getting, you know, better with, with every run, but, uh, the, the oil. So those two products, you know, the shot is the same. So you can add that shot. That that was really developed as something that that will be available retail also, but as like a like a five hour energy almost type of thing, but on the stress relieving side. Um, it's also but, easier to ship that you know yes, like this is exactly. way easier to get. Or, like I could order like a whole bunch of this stuff and then just mix it into my drinks. Yeah. Like yeah, and we have another you know product that, that we're working on right now that will be a, a food product that will come kind of in packets. Like you know how you get like you know the, the mushroom packed. Yeah, 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 exactly that. 
that is a like a powdered you know version that's mixed with flavor that you pour in so that's easier too so that and the shot will be will be easier to buy online in in quantity obviously so where you're not shipping as much liquid the um so that's those kind of have a little bit more of that sort of you know recreational potency the line that we're working on in the future that's going to be like sort of like that like liquor store level line will be like fresh stabilized kava and at a much higher concentration that'll be even more so like almost like buying a fine wine is what we're looking yeah. at for that one yeah, where yeah, yeah. that one where where it would take several drinks to get to the same level you would with one on those where you'll feel the effects pretty powerfully on on, on those and that's in the future but the the Cavaplex oil is like the baseline sort of entry product. It's yeah. it's like the food product, it's almost like an MCT oil type of its purpose use, but really a supplement too, like a CBD oil or possibly even MCT oil as far as like the potency, um, you know, compared to the the you know, the drinks. So, you know, the the Cavaplex oil, um, yeah, it, I do see it as 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 more of a supplement, but also kind of like a functional food at the same time. Yeah. And yeah. it's uh, it's it's meant to be at a concentration that is most most versatile and well tolerated by the greatest amount of people possible at any time of the day without being overwhelming at all for for anybody so mm-hmm. even children so this is the one that we have a lot of physicians that are that are using with children um you know a lot of them are you know experimenting with it um you know um as a replacement you know for ADHD meds and stuff because of the effects on really? dopamine and stuff and a lot having a lot of good luck with that and just anxiety and sleep and all the afflictions that even kids are dealing with today Um, but, uh, so, so that product is the most, it's, it's a good entry product to first kind of dip your, your feet in the water with, with Kava because it's so well tolerated, so smooth. And that one is only one strain. It's, 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 it's one strain. That's sort of a broad spectrum strain as well too. Um, but it kind of fits right in the middle of that. And so it's, it's, it's a little more subtle runs in the background a little more and it's just very, very smooth. And it's just a great way you can put that in your coffee. And it, like, if you mix kava with coffee, this is interesting. If you mix kava with coffee and MCT, both of those are facilitators. They're they're amplifiers. Yeah. Um, I where you know the MCT because the, the kava lactones are lipid based. You know, the MCT will help shuttle them across the gut barrier and you mm-hmm. know through its whole you know, mechanism of, of being processed the way it is and get more into the brain. And then caffeine, you know, the effects on on uh, you know the vasculature and stuff it helps to potentiate the effects and increase the uptake as well. So, and a lot of people really like this kava oil, coffee, MCT combination, like adding it to a bulletproof style coffee, because you're taking all the effects that you already get with the bulletproof coffee, but it takes the edge off of some of the jitteriness that, that people can get with the caffeine. Yeah. But then I it also, it, yeah. but it also increases the, it, 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 it's, it's this good because you get the, you know, the cognitive enhancing aspect from the MCT and the caffeine, but this opens your mind up too, and kind of brings it more into that kind of activated alpha state where it's this really great nootropic experience. Mm-hmm. And Kava also has a suppressive effect on appetite. And it also has effects on AMP kinase pathway and uh, you know, you know, some of the cellular autophagy inducing pathways that help with fat burning as well. Um, wow. so it's, which is what one of it's it not do. <laughs> well, the reason why it does so many things is because of that full spectrum protective sort of, you know, you, you know, constituency identity that it has. Right. Yeah. And because it's a complete organism, just like a, if, if you take a human body and dissect it, you'd say like, oh, how does this thing do so many things? Yeah. yeah, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's because it's because it's a living system and exactly. because it's, it's developed that adaptability. It doesn't just develop the affinity for one protective pathway. Basically, all the other pathways it hits in the GABA system, which is already neurotissue protective because it, it, it 
It reduces excitability, glutamate activity. Yeah. It also is a COX-1, COX-2 inhibitor, just like non-steroidal anti-inflammatories uh, without the toxicity. It also is a sodium and calcium channel blocker, which is the same mechanism that anti-seizure drugs work on. So it stabilizes the the cell and and um, you know you know you know prevents like hydroxyl free radical formation that can happen with things like even electromagnetic radiation exposure with calcium influx into the cell. You yeah. Know, you know, some of the mechanisms there. And so it just, it stabilizes, you know, the cell in a lot of ways and prevents inflammation, but, but it also activates NRF2. So this adaptive hormetic, you know, pathway. So it it's, you know, we know all these mechanisms are there and that was why it helps so much, you know, with getting off of drugs, especially because it's this amazing stabilizer. Uh, and then it also has effects on dopamine and serotonin as a, as a monoamine oxidase inhibitor. Hmm. but more primary on the monoamine oxidase B, you know, so you get that influx of dopamine without it being depletatory on that system. So it's really, really unique and amazing in that standpoint. So it has, and then, you know, the cellular autophagy thing is another protective pathway, right? For sure. That's, that's the body's protective response. Whenever it's starving is to, is to allocate energy from your fat and to produce ketones that help stabilize the brain as well too. So, so it's, it's when it's a complete medicine, you would actually expect it to develop full adaptive chemistry in all of the steps of the mm-hmm. protective sequence. Mm-hmm. And when we know from the literature and my experiences that I believe at this point that kava is one of the most neuro and tissue protective natural substances that, that we know of uh, in, in, the, in, in the literature, which is really, and my experience with it has just been so, uh, you know, substantial as far as really yeah. stabilizing and getting that brain inflammation and everything where it needs to be, it's, it's, it's really amazing. So that's, that's why, you know, the effects on the bulletproof coffee and stuff, it helps with that. So that's kind of what the Kavaplex oil, um, is a good entry point for, and then you can move up for extra stressful situations, uh, or just, you know, to kind of move up to more of the social experience to the drinks, to the drinks. So a couple more questions. I mean, because we're, we're going long, but this is so interesting. So, does it interact like, so let's say somebody's on SSRIs or those kinds of medications, is there a contraindication there or would it, does it maintain that kind of homeostatic kind of tendency? Like it seems to have yeah. a balancing tendency, right? So it absolutely does like modulating. It's, it's, it's kind of funny, you know, you know, people who, who dissect, you know, these kind of complex biochemical processes and these little isolated segments, Mm -hmm. they would say that in principle, oh, you wouldn't want to mix it because it's a monoamine oxidase inhibitor and it could, it could amplify the effects of serotonin, you know, reuptake, you know, from like a Prozac or from a Zoloft or Lexapro or something like that. But my experience with it is it's more complex than that. When you, when you layer a powerful adaptogenic plant medicine like this onto it, that would be true if you're talking like like a pharmaceutical monoamine oxidase inhibitor. Right. But yeah. my experience with it is, is, is not that at all. I've, I've seen this clinically with like literally like hundreds of like patients now uh, who have layered it in with SSRIs and benzodiazepines. And because when you get it in its food form, it doesn't have, it actually has a protective effect on the liver, which is kind of ironic, you know, yeah, it's, it's given that, its bad rap. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it, so it's, there's, there's that, but I I've never seen uh, an amplified bad outcome uh, you know, sometimes it doesn't work for people just like anything, right? It's just like, cause that's, you know, but like you said, there's no one thing for everybody. Plus exactly. they may not have their other blocks in place. I mean, it's, yeah, exactly, we know yeah. it's in it's steps and stages, but, yeah. but it is something as far as things I've worked with that works a lot of the time. Like it, it yeah. really like works for a lot of people. So, and, you know, I've seen people just 
you know, obviously it's the best for coming off of alcohol and benzodiazepines because it hits so hard and upregulates that GABA system that's, that's depleted and is, is, you know, you know, from alcohol and benzos. Um, but because it has effects on dopamine that are non-depletatory and serotonin, and it acts as a cholinesterase inhibitor as well to a smaller degree, um, it's, it helps people come off of most substances because it lowers the limbic system, which goes crazy mm. when you're coming off substances and it helps to stabilize the cell and stabilize the mitochondria and all this, all these metabolic effects too. It's a stabilizer. So it, especially in high dosages, people have been very successful with it in, in coming off of SSRIs and coming, I'm, I'm not saying, I'm not, you know, telling people to do this, not telling people to do anything, yeah. but yeah. Yeah. But, but yeah, I've, 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 I've witnessed this, uh, you know, of it, you know, people coming off of SSRIs, opiates, you know, and different, it's helpful, especially when you layer it with uh Kratom with, with opiates. Cause you know, Kratom is more one of those acute medicines. It's not like a tonic one, like Kava, yeah. you don't want to use it like long, long, but it's great as a, as a non, uh, you know, acutely dangerous, like plant-based opiate. If you mm-hmm. layer that with Kava, a lot of people use that opiate withdrawal with NAD and other things, but, um, so, so it, it helps all those things. And, um, I've, I've never seen an accentuated effect, uh, by adding it to an SSRI, meaning like, you know, like people getting manic or anything like right. that, like, right. like you would, if you added like cannabis, like to SSRIs, like if you smoke a lot of weed and yeah. you're on SSRIs, yeah, then it, it can make people manic and stuff. But, but Kava seems to have a stabilizing effect that keeps people grounded and that, that helps to, you know, stabilize those systems as well too. So, um, I've, it, it, it's the best for benzodiazepine and for alcohol withdrawal, what we're seeing. Um, wow. That's amazing. You know. Okay. Last question dosing. So when people, let's say somebody, okay. So different, different applications, let's say me, I decide cause I have a bottle upstairs. <laughs> so I'm going to start, let's say putting it in my coffee in the morning. Uh, which sounds like a really great way to try it because coffee tends to make my teeth chatter because I'm a slow caffeine metabolizer the whole nine yards. But, you know, I want to access the benefits of caffeine without the negatives. And this sounds like it could possibly be that thing that helps to smooth, to smooth the ride a little bit. So for a lot of people, it is. Yeah. For a lot of people, it helps quite a bit. I, I still can't do it that much because I, still when I was sick, I became so sensitive to stimulants. It doesn't take mm. much at all. And so, you know, so Kava for me is like an alternative because it's activating yeah. yet calming. So a lot of people actually get from Kava what they want from caffeine. Without um, the caffeine. It, exactly. Yeah. And then yeah. other people tolerate both and it's good. Well, I, I mean, look, I don't drink caffeine. I don't have to have coffee. At the end of the day, I've, I've gone two years without any caffeine. Now I use it on occasion, just I don't know, cause <laughs> maybe I want to be hyperproductive, although I've got lots of other little toys in my tool chest down there, but, but, you know, just, it would just be an interesting experiment for me to try it with caffeine and then just to try it on its own, because I'm just one of those people that loves the smell and the taste of coffee. It's me too. Yeah. It's my I jam. Really I, when I was a little kid, I would go, there was this, there was this coffee shop in Montreal called Vanute, and I would go in there and I would just like just smell the coffee. <laughs> that's the thing that's great about coffee is that it already produces this very, very magnetic sort of aroma and, and taste as, and, and that's been one of our challenges for Kava because Kava from a medicinal standpoint 
you know, to me is right there and, you know, you know, surpasses it in, in a lot of ways, but the its natural form is not as, so we've had to flavor it and we've had to, you know, you know, do things Work to, with it. you know, sort of help facilitate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause it, it's not the same way. Like your coffee, it just has that amazing, uh, the, oh yeah. The smell the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, literally there's nothing. So, but you can put it in a de- like I could put it in my decaf coffee and then just mm-hmm. compare and contrast. So that's that one type of dosing. Now, if someone is wanting to access it more as an anxiolytic or to help and to help with sleep and that kind of thing, would that affect the time of day that they would use it or is using it in the morning enough for the whole day? And would they dose it different? Would they use more? Is, like, is there such a thing as too much or do you kind of play with the dose until you find that sweet spot for yourself kind of thing? The good thing with kava in its food form like this, that's not extracted with solvents. It's very hard to get too much, right? Okay. I mean, especially, especially, you know, with the oil, you know, the oil, because we specifically use traditional extraction methods, but we didn't do a, a step of the water, um, you know, extraction that gave it the extra enzymatic activity that helps it to keep increasing the more that you dose it. So right. the effects level off after about probably eight droppers full, right? So okay. even, even if you take 20, it's, it's not, uh, you're not going to get that much more of an effect. Now the drinks, you'll get more of an effect, but you know, it's not going to cause impairment or anything. You'll get mm-hmm. more of an effect above that. If you, if you, you know, you know, continue to have them, um, especially for the more recreational products that we have in the future, but the, um, so you can get to some very, very deep euphoric places with, with that product, the complex is different. Um, so with, uh, you know, as far as the dosing, if, if you're wanting more of, of, of a therapeutic anxiolytic, um, then, I mean, I would always, of course, listen to your body, you know, sure. and experiments a little bit, but we always tell people if you start with the oil, then start with, you know, one dropper full twice a day. Uh, okay. And then if, if you do good with that and you want more of a therapeutic effect, then go up to, you know, two droppers full twice a day. And, and of course you can go above that to experiment with it, but it, it just starts getting a little more expensive at that point. Sure. Um, and, and so, but, but yeah, so I would, you know, one dropper full twice a day to two droppers full twice a day, if you want, you know, so just double the dosage there. And, and if, if you want an extra effect from it, then try to layer in some of the shots on top of that, or just instead of that, because the shots are going to kind of, it's, it's, it's sort of a next level of, of, of anxiolytic potency as well. So, um, and so you can yes. use it at night, like before bed as well. Yeah. 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 So, so the best time probably to take kava is probably late afternoon, early evening, if okay. I were to choose one time. However, if you have deep problems, it's, especially this combination of strains, a lot of people enjoy it in the morning with their coffee. Um, mm-hmm. It's because it's not, this combination is not sedative. Yeah. Uh, you really can use it any time of the day. Um, if you use it right before bed, because it kind of opens up the mind stump, it could be a little bit activating for mm. about the first hour. So mm-hmm. I always tell people if you're going to take like nine it o'clock. at yeah, yeah. Like, like I would take it probably like an hour before bed and it'll lead to a good sleep. Like, consistently we see like in our doctor's group patients, everything that all wear aura rings and different types of monitoring devices and improvements on deep sleep and, you know, REM sleep for sure uh, that we see consistently. Amazing. Okay. So it's um, uh, just a quick question because I was working with someone with this and it's a particularly difficult situation, condition to deal with. Do you have any, have you seen any data or have you had any experience with restless leg syndrome? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's certainly one of those. Does it seem to help a bit? For, for a lot of people, yes, I've, I've definitely gotten, you know, your reports from that. Cause it's, that's one of those, you know, sporadic oh, sort God. of you know, nervous system. To deal with. 
yeah. that comes from the limbic system, the autonomic nervous system, all that stuff. And in Kava, that's, that's one of the things that it's, it's, it's great for. So it's definitely worth a try or, yeah. you know, to layer in, you know, with everything else, it, it, it certainly wouldn't hurt. And in, in many cases we have people who are like, you know, we'll say, you know, oh my gosh, like it's, it's, it's gone, you know? And then if I stop it, then it comes back and then they use it for a long period of time. And then it, it helps, it starts to help permanently with some people. So well, it's, and um, even for the neuroprotective effects, cause these are people who are, I mean, again, they've got not enough GABA, like they're, they've got yeah. too much excitatory stuff going on in the brain. They're sleep deprived, which in and of mm-hmm. itself is damaging. Like it becomes this crazy spiral, um, that is, yeah. the, you know, not dissimilar to what you got caught in, you know, that you get caught in this kind of vortex that's hard to break out of at all. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. And so it's definitely worth a try for any of those. And that's why this medicine is is coming back here at a really relevant time, because as far as plant medicines, like we need, like, this is the, you know, the signature of a plant medicine that, that is really relevant today, right? Like yeah. possibly okay. more relevant than most things, right? Because every single one of the afflictions and illnesses that we're seeing explode into epidemic, you know, levels, including even the, the, the pandemic's contribution to it are all trauma-based, right? Yeah. Either it's, sure. it's physical, psychological, chemical, you know, emotional, infectious trauma. I mean, and our limbic systems are devastated and that's why you see a massive influx in addiction and suicides and everything in that regard. And the answer, like I said, it's not, I, 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 never want to get into the thing of like, Hey, you know, you know, Kava is your answer to everything or something, or with any one thing, what it is though, is it's an amazing tool that really moves the dial for a lot of people. And that can, it's amazing tool. That's worth a try that can give you some leverage. Right. Um, and you know, assist in, in, in the process in a really substantial way. So it's, uh, um, yeah, the big answer, is always systems. It's always changing the foundational, your belief systems, the, your, your relationship with food, environment, people. Um, but uh, it's a great tool. I love it. That's amazing. Well, Cameron, I, you know, I think maybe we could probably keep talking, but maybe we should uh, let people go and get their kava on. <laughs> Thank you so much for today. Um, we have a discount code for people. If they want to go, you're going to tell us where they can find you. They'll, the discount code will be NAT15, N-A-T-1-5, and that'll give them 15% off. But why don't you tell people where they can find you, where they can get Kava, where they can learn more, mm-hmm. all the all the good stuff. So, you're right. So, you know, the company's called True Kava. That's T-R-U Kava, and it's T-R-U-Kava.com. You can go there. We've got, you know, plenty of the research. We've got all the resources and stuff there. And then you can find us, you know, obviously, you know, you know, social IG and everything, everything is at true Kava or true Kava. So you just search TRU Kava anywhere and you'll find us. Um, we've got a lot of videos and stuff out there and a lot of other, you know, podcasts and different things where we, di- you know, dive into different specific aspects of a lot of the things that we touched on. So, so yeah, there's, there's a lot that you can dive into and uh, yeah, it's all there. That's amazing. Well, thank you so much. Uh, Thanks for your time. I'm so happy that uh, we reconnected. And I mean, thanks to Dasha. Also, she dragged me over to your booth and she's like, oh my God, you need to talk to Cameron. (laughs) (laughs) Love Dasha. Yeah. (laughs) Great connector. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well, and actually, you know what? Last thing is she and I are going to be hosting a women's retreat in the Dominican Mm -hmm. Republic in February. So we've been talking about kind of cornering you and getting some kava for that. And, you know, instead oh, of yeah, yeah, yeah. a glass of wine yeah. at the end of the evening, have our guests enjoy a beautiful, refreshing and relaxing glass of kava instead. 
it's perfect for events. It really is amazing. It, it really opens up, like I touched on this earlier, like one of its best attributes and why it's most relevant outside of the individual, you know, therapeutic, you know, your contribution that it makes is that it creates more of like, like, you know, we said before with, you know, you're creating some flexibility and wiggle room and opening you up. It opens up the mind, it opens up the heart, it opens up and induces empathy and it allows conversation and, you know, interconnection to sort of flow and happen much easier. That's why people love the environment at Kava Bars is because I, I've had some of the most, you know, unique and amazing conversations of my life over Kava with someone because it really helps to facilitate that. And a lot of people that are kind of paralyzed by their trauma and especially have social anxiety and stuff. Um, it gives what a lot of people are trying to get with alcohol without a lot of the, the, the nonsense that comes with it regularly. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's not sloppy, sloppy. Like, <laughs> like, yeah. like, like at higher doses, you get that, you get that, you know, you know, inhibition of your stress, you get that sort of introspection, that opening, that sort of social lubrication, but you become more of yourself instead of less of yourself with higher dosages and conversation gets more deep and interesting instead of less deep and more primitive, the more alcohol you consume, right? Got it. You know? And Love so it. it's, it's really amazing for events. It's great stuff. All right. Okay. Well, we'll be looking forward to that. Cameron, thank you so much. And All right. <laughs> amazing rest of your day. Thanks so much. Thanks so much for joining me on this episode of the Biohacking Superhuman Performance Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please remember to leave us a five-star review on iTunes because that's what helps us to be heard and to be seen. If you'd like to connect with me directly, or if you'd like to leave any comments, or if you have any questions about this episode, please reach out to me directly through my website, mattnidham.com. And of course, if you're not already a member of the Biohacking Superhuman Performance Community on Facebook, that's where you'll find me every day. It's a short application. Just answer a couple of questions and you're in and interfacing with other amazing biohackers. Thanks again, and we'll look forward to seeing you on the next episode.